0: Gentlemen, it's time for the action in the main attraction here on the Sweet Science
1: Class. What's up everybody? Thank you for joining today's episode and today we're just going to run down the list of fights that we're going to see this weekend for Mexican Independence Weekend. we got a card on Friday, two cards on Saturday. You know, there's some pretty good fights. Nothing super major. A lot of them feel like we can probably predict the winner already. So we'll just go down those, say our thoughts on those and then we'll touch on a couple you know hot topic gossip points that have happened over the last couple days keep everyone up to date with what's been going on and then we're gonna get out of here but then we're gonna be back next week and it'll be all about Porter Spence pay-per-view and that'll be a really fun episode Felix was not able to join us again today but for sure he will be able to join us for next week's episode we're actually gonna record that one Sunday morning it should have all four of us we'll drop that sometime mid next week and get ready for Spence Porter Benavidez Durrell. So today again we've got Landon joining us for the second time and Jakim. So what's up, fellas?
2: Hey, what's up, guys? Uh Great to be back. Uh Looking forward to a big weekend of boxing on Mexican Independence Day. Yo, what's
0: up, fellas? Uh What's up, Landon? Glad you're joining us again.
2: Yes, sir.
1: We'll just hop right into the fights. We've got a Friday the Zone card. It's a pretty good female fight. Heather Hardy will be taking on Amanda Serrano. Heather Hardy's been kind of dabbling with the UFC a bit, kind of hopping back and forth, trying to, you know, just catch the biggest payday it seems like she can. Y'all got any thoughts on this? I think it's going to be a good fight. I think Heather's a really good fighter, but I see Serrano taking this.
0: Yeah, I actually think that this is going to be the best fight. The women's fight is going to be the, the best fight of the night. Probably, I feel like it's going to be the more competitive fight on all the uh, other fights on the card. Uh, Haney's on the card which we get to see him again, and uh, I mean, he's he's been fighting the same level of competition for the past two or three fights. I want to see him step it up. I mean, it'll it'll be a good card for the zone, but definitely, I think the women are going to shine on the card, and I think Serrano, I think I'm taking her. I'm
2: taking her to to win the fight. Yeah, absolutely. I got to agree once again with you, man. I think the women's fight is going to be more exciting than the main event, you've got Heather Hardy, like Dustin said. She's back and forth in between boxing and MMA, but she's in there against someone who's a boxing purist, multiple division weight cha- or multiple division champion, and I just think she's going to get her ass kicked all over the ring that night. I don't think it's going to end well. As far as the main event goes, uh, he's, he's fighting another person that I had to research his name because I'd never heard of this man. And I would really like to see Devin take a step up in competition very soon. I noticed BoxRec has him slated for another appearance in November. So hopefully it's going to be against someone that the boxing world has heard of and can churn some excitement. But I definitely think we're in for a big fight for the uh, undercard on the Devin Haney event, and it'll end up outshining the main event.
1: Yeah, as they're saying, Devin Haney in the main event will be taking on, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, Zaur Abdullaev. Yeah, I mean, it should just be another showcase for Devin Haney. I do agree that the females were probably still the show. I think that could be action-packed for four or five rounds. Serrano should take it. Amanda Serrano was a little bit slept on, in my opinion. You know, people look at Claressa Shields as the number one and probably the best female, and she might be, but Serrano is also right there. Multiple divisions, multiple titles. I mean, she's incredible. So I'm actually really more excited for that fight than even the Devin Haney, but it's always fun to see what what Devin Haney's gonna, you know, how he'll look. And then we move on to Saturday. There's a DAZN event and an ESPN Plus event. We'll start with the DAZN. I feel like Golden Boy could have did better. But we got what we got. You got Ryan Garcia taking on Avery Sparrow. And then we got Jaime Munguia taking on Patrick Alodi. Alote, not exactly sure how it's pronounced. In my opinion, I mean, Munguia and Garcia, I believe, are... I believe they tried to set them up to look really good and, you know, shine on Mexican Independence Day weekend. I don't expect any crazy upsets, but I will say with Jaime Munguia, you never know, because we all kind of thought he was supposed to handle Dennis Hogan. That isn't really how it went, and I don't really think a lot of us even agreed with that decision. So... Guys, I'll just anything you got on either one of these fight. I don't have much to say I mean, it should just be should be a Munguia Garcia night, but what are y'all's thoughts?
0: Yeah, we we spoke on this a couple episodes ago how we felt like uh, Golden boy actually dropped the ball with this weekend the Mexican independence weekend. So basically, you know, Canelo He usually fights this weekend uh, Every year I think for the past what three or four years. He's fought uh, Mexican Independence Day weekend. So now it seems like Golden Boy, you know they're trying to they're trying to give Munguia and Ryan Garcia that spotlight to kind of you know those are the guys that they're working on to kind of probably take the throne after Canelo falls out. You know Canelo he's the Golden Boy cash cow. so this is basically going to be a, a showcase for Jaime Munguia and Ryan Garcia. The the Ryan Garcia fight I actually think he was supposed to fight someone else. They probably bit off more than they can handle. With uh, what was his name? I'm
1: blanking on it. It was like four or five letters. Uh, we, I was talking to off air with Felix about this like a week or two ago. And that yeah, guy had a high knockout percentage. And I feel like, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but I think Garcia was a little nervous. And he wanted out of that fight.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I, I looked it up and I looked into him and it definitely would have been a, a harder fight. But Sparrow, uh, his, record, his record shows that he's not, you know, He's not a cherry, so I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm interested in this fight just to see uh, how Ryan Garcia is progressing, especially in the the 130, 135, right?
1: This fight is slated for lightweight.
0: Lightweight, okay, yeah. Especially in that division, like, I want to see where, where Garcia is and how he's progressing. How many Mugia fight? We all felt like he lost against Dennis Hogan. I felt like he lost against Dennis Hogan. And I do, too. Mugia, sometimes, yeah, like, sometimes he gets real sloppy, so He's kind of must-see TV. Like I, I, I do like watching him fight, cause he is, you know, he does throw a lot, and he's exciting to watch. But I want to see did he fix the mistakes that he made against Dennis Hogan, the guy he's fighting. I think he never fought outside of Africa, right? Correct. He's from Ghana. Yeah, he's never fought fought outside of Africa. So it might, you know, they probably picked a good competitor or a good opponent for Hyman Mugisha just to see how he's. Uh, progressing and the new things that he learned from the Dennis Hogan fight after coming off that loss. That loss. So um, it should, that will probably be a pretty good fight also.
1: Technically, he won, but he did not win.
2: Yeah, exactly. All right, well, I think the event is just very lackluster. I mean, it's such a big weekend for boxing. As boxing fans, we've all become accustomed to really being able to get excited about this weekend, get into it, you see Tecate and Corona ads all over the place. They make a big thing of it. But this time, it just doesn't really feel as special. Okay, so you have Ryan Garcia coming in. He's an extremely popular kid. Uh, he's yet to be truly tested at this point. And personally, I think he's going to have a very easy time with Sparrow. And that's going to lead us to the main event against Patrick Alote. And in research for this fight, I was trying to look up some information on him, and I found several photographs that were extremely distorted. Not a whole lot of articles out there about him that will tell you about who he is. Really, it just takes you to his box rec page. So he's a very big mystery to me. But most of the time, whenever these guys come over to fight these young lions and it's their first time fighting out of their home country, it normally doesn't end well. So I look forward it to be a, a Garcia Mungia possibly double knockout evening.
1: And the last thing I'll say about the Mungia fight, I'm very sad and I think we can all agree that it is not the fight that they had originally planned because they kinda tried to wait bully Jesse Vargas. I would have been all I would have been <sighs> hyped for this weekend with Mungia
2: Vargas.
0: Yeah, that would have been a great fight. I would have, and that would have been Jesse's first time moving up to that weight, too, right? So that would have been a really, really interesting fight. Probably would have capped off the night and, and would have made the card look a lot better.
1: But they wanted him to go to, like, 156 or 157 rather than just 154. Oh. So Vargas was like, nah, never mind. Yeah. And then the other event, which I think I might be a little more partial to. I think the ESPN Plus Saturday night might be a little more entertaining, in my opinion. I like this fight. The undercard. The second undercard is Jose Pedraza versus Jose Zapeda. I like this fight. It's at 140. I believe, you know, Pedraza's moving up. is a slightly bigger guy. When I even looked it up, the odds on Bovada... They were both basically even. No one had a plus. No one had a good payout. You could tell that even Vegas has no idea what to expect. I really like this fight. I think this could be a coin toss.
0: Yeah, I think I agree. I think that'll probably be the, the more even fight. The more even fight on the card, probably be the best fight. Because when you look at the card, uh, Navaretta he just fought what last month, and he's fighting again. So I'm pretty sure they didn't book him against anybody tough. When you look at the main event, you got Fury and and Otto Wallen and Matt <laughs> Top Rank. I don't know who's getting like who's getting ripped off more or who's getting robbed more—the fans or or Top Rank? Because no matter what, Fury he, he has his hundred million, he has the contract, and these two fights that he had, Otto Wallen and the guy that he fought a couple of months ago, these are these are couple these are walkthroughs for for Fury. So it's like he's robbing Top Rank. And I feel like we're getting robbed, too. But, I mean, at least we get to see Fury. And he's looked really good going against the, this level of competition. And what I think is happening, I think that top rank, they're betting on the the Fury versus Rada fight, I guess, to recoup most of their money back because they're just giving him money at this point with these last two opponents. So I guess they're really banking on that 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 pay-per-view. I feel like Fury, he'll, he'll win the fight within probably four or five rounds, just like he did. His Last fight. It shouldn't be nothing. It shouldn't be anything too difficult for him. He'll have an amazing Ring walk He'll be entertaining He'll do everything he needs to do to keep building the pot and keep building the build-off for the Wilder rematch
1: and before Landon hops in just to give Emmanuel Navarrete's opponent's name a little shine it, he, he is a one Lordy What I looked up? Yeah, you know Navarrete just had a quick win and now he immediately was asked like to hop into this which I think that was like five six weeks apart It's probably gonna be along the lines of like the Ryan Garcia thing should be fairly easy And then yeah Tyson Fury Otto Wallen. So go ahead Landon really your thoughts on any of these three fights Well, I'm
2: I'm excited to see Tyson Fury back again Or after seeing what he's went through, but I'm I'm totally with Everyone on this. I think we're all getting robbed. I think Tom Rank's getting robbed And I think at the end of the day, this is really not that good of preparation for the the big fights that he's got coming up. I mean, you look at Deontay Wilder. I mean, he's going out there and he's going to fight Luis Ortiz. Tyson Fury's fought Tom Schwartz and Otto Wallen. Nobody knew who the fuck these guys were before all this started. So, I mean, what are we doing at this point? You're not going to tell me that you're coming in in prime form ready to take on one of the best heavyweights in the last 20 years by fighting these guys it's two tune-up fights but i will say fury did outbox wilder
1: to kind of push back against that a little bit fury technically had a bunch of tune-up fights before the first wilder fight so
2: <laughs> yeah against against cruiserweights. <laughs> true but he, he was coming off of a mass weight loss and drug addiction so i mean that was a against the odds type thing where you're losing that much of your body weight trying to get back in shape. So yeah, th-
1: Those make can... more sense.
2: Right. And as far as the Navarrete fight, he's a young kid, very exciting to watch. What he did dog bow was, was crazy. No one was expecting that. And he's kept his shine, and I look for him to keep going. And Jose Pedraza, I think, is going to end up being successful as well. Uh, Zapata is coming off of a no contest and a loss. Uh, he hasn't won since October of last year. So I look for Petraza to come in and, and do work on that fight. But overall, I'm, I'm looking forward to this event as well. I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: And that really sums up the whole weekend of fights. You know, like we said, there's nothing just super stellar. You're not getting the Floyd Mayweather, Canelo, you know, the, the guys we're used to seeing. But boxing is boxing, and there's seven or eight fights right there just between those three cards, Friday and Saturday. So can't complain too much. That really wraps up the whole weekend, though. So now we're just going to talk about a couple things that have been popping up over the last few days. I actually read this this morning. I got it in an email. I passed it on to the guys, and we immediately started discussing this. It's not that shocking. I mean, this is something that we kind of have seen coming. We never, you know, we didn't know who Manny Pacquiao would fight. It's almost like a lottery wheel just spin it. We didn't know if it would be Danny Garcia. Maybe the winner of Porter Spence next week, but it sounds like they're looking for Mikey Garcia. Now, my personal thoughts, I don't love this fight. I don't really love this fight. I don't think Mikey deserves a fight like this. I think you go in and you get manhandled and embarrassed for 12 rounds versus Errol Spence. You've done nothing since. Why do you deserve the big manny? I don't like this fight. And honestly, see Manning went Manny winning this fight. You know, I picked Thurman to beat Manny. Thought Manny would be too old, and depending on who Manny fought, I would probably pick against Manny just because of his age and just going off normal logic and boxers aging and their bodies. But I think I pick Pacquiao over Mikey in this fight, and I'm not. A, it doesn't really excite me. How do y'all feel? I'm
0: with you. Uh, I don't see how. How does Mikey Garcia deserve this fight? The title shot, I don't believe he deserves a title shot because he, he lost. He just lost. If anybody deserves a title shot, it's uh, you guys. I think you guys deserve a title shot against anyone at the world to awaits But uh, I understand the business of boxing. It's a big fight. Manny Pacquiao, Philippines, Monkey Garcia, Mexican, Mexican-American Mexican crowd. So it's a fight that makes sense in terms, in terms of money. But as far as him getting a title shot, like, nah, I, I don't agree with that. I see. I see Manny Pacquiao dominating, even worse than Earl, what Earl Spence did. Because I felt like Earl Spence was holding back. So Pacquiao, Pacquiao not going to hold back. That's one thing I like about Pacquiao. Like he don't care who you are. He's going to throw punches. And I actually, uh, yeah, I think it'll be worse than the than the Earl Spence fight. I think that Mikey
2: Garcia would get stopped. So I'm with you, Dustin. I don't. I don't really like this fight. Yeah. And, and once again, I have to side with that. I mean, it's a. Uh, I, I think it's a really bad fight to make. I mean, people are going to buy it. People are going to watch it. It's going to be highly talked about because the two guys in it, you know, Mexican-American kid, a senator from the Philippines. It's got a great storyline behind it, but in no way does he deserve it. He just got demolished by Earl Spence, and, man, he's going to run through him, and he's not going to stop. He's not going to hold back and try that cute shit that Earl Spence was talking about to where he, he wanted to box and he wanted to show the skill. And he wanted to beat him that way. Manny's just going to go in for the kill. He's too old to mess around with this.
1: Agreed. And two things. One positive, one negative. (laughs) I think the only positive thing, and I think they should do, and they might end up doing, they should put this in Dallas Stadium because Manny's already fought there when he fought Margarito. Mikey got the Mexican crowd. I think if they did Manny versus Mikey in Dallas, it would sell massive. Oh,
0: yeah. That's the plus. And get a hundred. I think they'll probably sell uh, a million, a million, probably close to a million buys on pay per view. Well, in this climate, in this climate, maybe. Okay, didn't they say what Earl and Earl and Mikey did. What four hundred thousand? Three to four hundred, I believe.
2: So yeah, maybe they'll do double. I think it'll do double. Eight hundred thousand, somewhere in that
0: range.
1: I think Manny Thurman did around that range. You might be right. I could see this. It'll break yeah. half a mil for yeah. sure. Yeah. But my negative thing, I disagree with both y'all. Errol Spence didn't hold back. He just couldn't knock little Mikey out. I am tired of hearing that. All Errol talked about was how he was going to hurt him. Then he went on the Fox show with Sean Porter, and he even admitted, and I will find the YouTube video if I have to. If anyone wants to disagree with me listening to this podcast, he said he was disappointed that he did not stop Mikey. And then somehow, a couple weeks later, this narrative changes. And I don't know, no, nah, I just want to doubt, but no,
0: nope, I don't buy it. Okay, see, well, I, I don't believe he he held back like he wasn't trying to knock him out. I just believe that he was he didn't fight aggressive, but I still think that he was trying to do his best, you know, to maybe not to stop him, but he was fighting his, his, his best fight. To me, that's what I think.
1: <laughs> he landed like 350 freaking shots. Yeah,
0: yeah, so I don't, I don't believe he was holding back and like, oh, I don't want to knock him out, but I just felt like, you know, he don't if you look at styles, Pacquiao's style is more aggressive, so I feel like I feel like Pacquiao like Pacquiao don't play. Like he goes he will stop
1: him. And this will be the first opponent. You know, Manny hasn't had a stoppage in a decade, minus the old shot Matisse. But I don't think Mikey belongs at one forty seven. So in my opinion, this is the first time in a while Manny's kind of fighting a guy exactly his size. So I agree. We may see a rare Manny stoppage the Keith was bigger Horn was bigger Broner about the same size but real good defensively this is the first time Manny will be fighting a guy fairly even to his size who probably belongs at 140 I see no way Manny loses that fight
2: None at all he needs to be fighting the Josh Taylor's and the Regis pro of the world he doesn't need to be fighting Manny Pacquiao at all he needs to go back down and I think he could perform there. I'm not saying he could beat either one of those guys, but, I mean, I think he's going to have a lot better chance and fare a lot better, and his legend will be remembered a lot more at a lower weight because he, he's prey up here. I don't know if I'd pick anybody in the top 10 that he, and say that he, Mikey would win that fight.
1: I don't think so either, and what you just said gave me a good idea. Like, why not go back to 140 and have Mikey versus Jose Ramirez?
2: That would be great. And then unify with the champion or with the uh, World Boxing Super Series champion. Yeah, that- it's wonderful. I told y'all.
0: I told y'all. I don't. I don't think he can make weight. I, I think he that, got that could that be a big head. part of it. Yeah, like I don't think he can wait, make weight anymore. He's carrying that big head, and, and sometimes <laughs> when you see him, you see him in between fights, you know, he he gets bigger. But even when he loses weight, he's he has a weird shape. Like you know, like I really think he can't make weight at, at 140.
1: It's very possible cuz he did always blow up. I know he, you know, drank a little beer, he'd always get a little belly between fights. He's one of those guys. He he wouldn't stay super in shape. He'd get a little belly. And now that he's maxed his body up to 147, yeah, you're probably right. He he's probably not going to go back down to 140. That's why I didn't like the Spence fight cuz now he's forced probably to stay in the dangerous waters of 147. That may have ruined a portion of his career. People may get mad that I said that, but I think we're not going to see much more amazing stuff from Mikey. When Had he just stayed down there in 135 land and maybe unified with Loma, great, great stuff. Move up to 140, fight Pro Gray, fight Ramirez, fight Taylor. I didn't like the fight. I never liked the Spence fight, and now I think it really ruined his
0: career. It's the same, too, because he's a, he's a great fighter.
1: Yeah. I would have picked him to beat guy. Loma at 135. And moving on. If anyone saw this video, it was <laughs> it was the talk of the week. It was mildly f- – it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Uh, Derek Chisora at the Chisora Parker Progray Taylor press conference, he was not shy. He spoke his mind very openly. He thinks that him and Joseph Parker should be the main event instead of Regis Progray Josh Taylor. And he was very adamant about that. He thinks it's all about the heavyweights. He had a lot of colorful language. He thinks no doubt they should be the main event. And then if he's not, he wants more money. And basically was threatening to pull out of the fight. It was very entertaining. I agree and I disagree. But more importantly, it was just very entertaining to me. What what were y'all's thoughts on that whole fiasco?
0: I kind of felt like some of it was for show, But I I, I felt like he was serious because... Coming into the press conference, you should know because I think he asked like who's the main event. Come on, dude You know who's the main event. Look at the look at the the flyer like, Progray and Taylor they're right there like big in the middle. So, you know, who's the main event. Yeah, I don't
1: but, believe that he didn't know Yes,
0: yeah, so that's why I think some of it was kind of show, you know, it was it was entertaining and um He does kind of make a point because he he's bigger in, in, the, in the UK you know, a, a lot of fans know him. He has a lot of fans, and he's probably the reason, you know, most of the tickets are going to sell because of him. And uh, Taylor, he's from, he's Scottish,
1: right? Scottish.
0: Yeah, he's Scottish, and he's big in the U.K. as well, but I don't think he's he's as big as in London as, as Chisora. So he has a point. His name is big, but when you look at the Josh Taylor and Regis program fight, that is probably one of the best fights uh, of the year when it comes to competition. Both these guys undefeated. Both are champions. They're fighting to unify the Muhammad Ali Trophy. I mean, the tournament wasn't as competitive competitive as like the 175 tournament would be if they ever do it. But it still was a nice tournament. And I think when they made it, they probably knew these two would kind of be in the final. So they probably, you know, when you when you making the list, you know, put them on opposite ends so they could beat up. Yep. But you know, it was a it was a it was a good tournament. And also, the ring title is on the line. So, I mean, there's a lot of stake for this fight. So, I still think Progray and uh, Taylor is the appropriate main event. No matter how much tickets that Tesoro will sell, I mean, it's a good card. You should be happy to be on the card. Maybe Eddie Hearn should throw him, you know, some more money. But it's a nice, stacked card, and that's what boxing needs.
2: Well, I just – I really hated whenever Derek said that the guys were not a draw. Josh Taylor – has sold out the Hydro up in Glasgow, and they're acting like Scotland is is 15 million miles away from London. It's seven hours down the road. So, I mean, he's going to have a lot of fans that are going to make the drive down from the northern part of the island to the southern part of the island to see their favorite fighter fight, especially since he's Scottish because there's not a whole lot going on in Scottish boxing. So, essentially, he's the face of boxing country up there. But I was I was kind of surprised that uh, that Chisora didn't stand up and start his normal antics and throwing tables around and all that crazy stuff. He's known to get into fights at press conferences. Should he be paid more? More than likely, he's a big name. He's been a big name for the past decade, especially in British boxing. And I mean, I I think the right guys are at the in the main event. I, I can't see Joe Parker and Chisora outdoing a taylor pro great fight And quality or anything because i really think that the main event's going to be a wonderful fight and everybody's going to be shocked it's going to be great
1: yeah, i agree i mean i like Chisora. i think jesora parker will be good but i think you know quality and entertainment wise pro gray taylor probably better I mean, like I said, all the belts, the tournament, the trophy. Even even though Trisor acts like the Ali trophy doesn't matter. In it, I mean, it might really not, but it's still something. There's a lot at stake. And let's let's keep in mind that what was it less than a year ago that he got flattened by Dillian White? I mean, what was it two fights ago? You got knocked out cold, man. Like yeah. You can't be complaining about this. I, I can understand if this is all a ploy to get more money. Do your thing, get more money, but. I don't fully agree. I partially agree, but like I said, it, it was very entertaining. I was I was laughing through that whole thing.
0: Yeah. Did y'all see Progress' face? Like he wanted to say so much more, but I mean, what you gonna say to a heavyweight and you 150
1: pounds? Yeah. You, and Josh just sat there, and you could tell, you know, because Regis is pretty mouthy, and you know, he he wanted to come out, but it's like, man, this dude's literally double your size, man. Like, just chill. <laughs> Yeah, And I guess to cap this episode off and there's not a lot to say because we touched on it last week but it sounds like we are a, just a couple seconds a couple inches away from wrapping up Canelo Kovalev in I believe November but much to my surprise and probably all of our surprise, but I can, I can only speak for myself definitely surprises me that what I'm hearing is no catch weight And maybe even no rehydration clause. That shocks me. Because I thought Canelo would try to bring Kovalev down a couple pounds. Maybe 172. If this is legit 175. It doesn't matter how old you think Kovalev is. How susceptible he is to body shots. The fact that he's been knocked out twice in the last two years or so. This is a brave, brave step for Canelo to move up 15 pounds. And take on the Russian Crusher.
0: Uh, I'm not surprised at all. I, I told y'all, man. I keep telling y'all, Kovalev is fresh meat for Canelo.
1: But you know, you expected be... a catchweight.
0: No, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't. I, I'm telling, like, I, I don't know why. Like, I'm I'm confident because they're confident. Like, I, I don't. I didn't think it was going to be a catchweight. Canelo, he. I'm telling, he sees something in Kovalev. He'll be he the shortest, catch.
1: stockiest light heavyweight to ever exist.
0: <laughs> nah, you think so? He's yeah. he's short he's like man. But... He is but back in the day they had a lot of a lot of guys under 6 foot. Like they fought like cuz remember you didn't have all these uh subdivisions. You didn't have super middleweight or, or super uh or light middleweight, you know? So, yeah, there's I'm telling you man, it doesn't matter. Right now, Canelo isn't his prime, and yeah, he's not fighting the top dog. Maybe based on the ratings, Kovalev is the top dog. Do I think some other guys can beat him at 175, yeah? But if you just look at go by the ratings, Covildev is the top guy, and Canelo doesn't care. He's at the point in his career where he's in the best shape physically. He's gonna win. Like it, it doesn't matter, 175, 180. Like know he don't care.
2: I was kind of shocked that there wasn't a wasn't a catch weight as as well, Dustin, because uh, that, that's been the case in the past, but. I, I still think that Canelo's going to come in here and make easy pickings of him. I got to stick with my prediction from last week. I'm still picking a knockout. Canelo sees something, and he sees the body shots. And I, I just don't think Kovalev's going to last. I mean, if we could rewind the clock five, six years ago, might be a different story. But in now, and since he's been exposed, I, I just can't see Canelo falling to Sergey.
1: I mean, I think if you even go back three years ago, It'd be impossible for me to pick against Kovalev. But my logical boxing mind tells me that Canelo will probably pull this out. But like I said off-air to y'all today, what if, just what if, he's finally biting off more than he can chew and he's moving up too much? And Kovalev's just too big. We've seen what Kovalev can do to big guys. He even dropped the very fantastic undefeated, Hard to hit. Andre Ward. He can hit. He's got a great jab. That's going to be the big question mark in the back of my head. What if it's just too much? And when Kogalev comes across with a big jab and a big right, uh-oh. It's very intriguing. That's why I'm actually really excited for this fight because
0: he might
1: be biting off more than he could chew. Probably not, but maybe.
0: But it, I don't think it matters because he, he's taking that. He's jumping two divisions, so even if he loses, it don't lick his bad. That's what I, I, was telling you a couple of weeks ago. Like the difference between him and Mayweather. When, when Canelo makes a move, he makes it as if he's taking a risk. It's all smoke and mirrors, like like Earl Spence would say. He's fighting a bigger <laughs> dude. Yeah, he's he's not he's not the best dude, but he's fighting a bigger dude and a monster. And the dude that's been at the top of that probably top two or one, two, three uh, light heavyweight in the past. What five five years, whatever. At like, least. He, yeah, so it it doesn't look bad. That's the difference between him and Mayweather. Mayweather was fighting, you know, guys sometimes no name, and here yeah, I'm talking about in his prime or after when he signed the Showtime deal. You know how, how you know how he was making his move and everybody was hating on, you know, his fights. But I don't know, know who though, was he's no
1: one. name aside from maybe Robert Guerrero.
0: Well, Robert Guerrero or, or Ortiz was a little bit before, but. Canelo, he's doing what, what Mayweather did, but he's doing it a little bit better. Like, he's seen what Mayweather did. He's taking that route, but he's doing it a little better.
1: And I guess it's got the Mikey Garcia Spence factor. Everyone patted Mikey on the back. It's okay. You moved up. You, you're exactly. brave. Exactly. Exactly. Gonna actually be a lot of the same because, you know, this fight is essentially
2: for glory. I mean, he's moving up to 175. If he wins, it's a legacy fight. I mean, he's already gonna go legacy. down. as one of the greatest. Boxing legacy, yeah,
0: legacy. We, we can talk about that. You know, that's that's a whole other conversation. But this this does a lot for his legacy.
1: But yeah. what if it's like Mikey Garcia, like we were just talking about ten minutes ago? What if him going back down to one hundred and sixty gets very difficult? I guess he could go to one hundred and
0: sixty-eight. It could happen. It's possible. We we've seen that a lot of times in boxing.
1: It's like it's do you remember like, when Roy Jones like went up to heavyweight and went back down? That, what happened? Yeah,
0: that's what came to mind. Yeah. It never
1: went good after that.
0: We'll have to wait and see.
1: This actually intrigues me because, let's say Canelo moves up, 175, beats Kovalev, comes back down to 160, and we end up seeing the Triple G trilogy, it might almost even the odds because him going up and down may do a little toll on his body, and it may even it up because Triple G will be older. So I would already have said, you know, Canelo probably wins the third fight decisively, but... I always think of Roy Jones going up, going down, getting knocked out cold, back-to-back fights. So, there's Canelo, a lot in here.
0: I think Canelo has what, what Roy Jones didn't have, and that's just skill. Talent. Uh, Roy Jones had the talent, you know, guy-given talent, but Canelo has the boxing skill. So, I mean, who knows, but... It'll be interesting to see if, if that does. If he does go back down and fight somebody top-notch like Triple G, which I think he will because, I mean, he has that long contract, so we yeah, got to wait and see. He'll
1: still have, like, eight fights after Kova lives, so, yeah, he'll, <laughs> he'll have to.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, well, I guess that about sums up the gossip news in the world. Any Anything y'all been holding on to, anything I didn't think of that I blanked on boxing news-wise? No, that's it. You got it okay well I guess we will wrap it up here and like I said we're recording this today on Wednesday September 11th this will drop probably tomorrow or Friday then we're gonna immediately hop back in on Sunday the 15th and we're gonna do an episode on the Porter Spence pay-per-view and that will probably drop probably a week from the day next Wednesday the closer we get to Porter Spence I'm really intrigued by that fight But we'll get into that next week So thank you for joining us, and we will definitely be back next week. We're going to try to hit every week from now on. We're going to try not to do any more breaks. If Landon – or, you know, now we got Landon coming in. If Felix can't make it, if Jakeem can't make it, we're going to get some of us on in some way, somehow. So hopefully no more ghost weeks. We're going to be here for you every week. So please tell your friends to follow us, follow the page, like the page, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow our podcast on all your favorite outlets. Sweet Science Class is out.